everybody. Welcome to the Bear Insider Ultimate Insider Podcast. I'm Mike Pulaski, former Cal quarterback, radio analyst, and excited fan, really, with the game coming close. Season starting up here pretty soon. Cal facing Nevada shortly. Today, we're going to start where everything starts in football, at least for me, and that's with the offensive line. We are talking to offensive line coach Angus McClure. He is a guy who brings attitude, who brings energy. He brings technique. Obviously, he's been a coach for a long, long time. And he's an excellent recruiter as well. And so we're going to talk about where Cal's O-line starts, what, what Cal's O-line looks like. We're going to talk about the health of the offensive line, and we're going to get into some schematics. We're going to talk about scheme, and that's always fun at home. I expect the Bears' offensive line to be really good this year, and remember, on offense, everything starts with the big boys up front. Well, joining me now, offensive line coach uh, for University of California, Angus McClure. And I got to be honest with you, Angus, like, you know coaches, right? Mostly head coaches. You know some of the coordinators. Uh, when you got hired at Cal and I heard your name, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear this guy come in with a heavy Scottish brogue and go, ah, what are you daft? You got to push him like your favorite sheep. What, I mean, that's what I was looking for when you came in to Cal. How's your experience been at Cal so far? Oh, outstanding. Uh, really love working with Coach Wilcox and the entire staff here. You know, I'm from the Bay Area. I'm a native San Franciscan. Uh, I grew up in San Rafael, went to San Rafael High School. And uh, it's it's nothing like I've been coaching for 30 years. And this is the closest I've been back to home and uh, really feel comfortable here at Cal. That's awesome. And, and great to have you. I know I talked to Will Craig right away when you came in. And one of the first things he says is, boy, you know, Coach McClure brings the juice, which I love to hear about an O-line coach. Yeah, I like to have a lot of fun. I add a lot of excitement, a lot of energy to what we're doing. Uh, you know, I stay pretty busy on the field. I mean, coaching the offensive line, there's a lot of moving parts. And uh, I want to be the best teacher I can be. And, and I want to portray the energy and my enthusiasm for Cal football. And uh, my players feel that. Which is awesome. I, I always tell people, like, whenever I start analyzing teams, people be like, oh, what do you think about this team? And I always, always, always start with the offensive line because that's literally where everything is set. I talked to Brian Johnson, you know, about establishing chemistry, about establishing, you know, the type of, of paradigm you want within your program. Talk to me about how important that offensive line is in terms of setting that chemistry, in terms of setting the mentality of a team. Well, the offensive line is the motor for the offense. And you have to have five guys working as one. And I use the term a lot, synergy. But that's really what it is, is everyone's got to be working together, starting with the communication uh, from the center, making the calls, and it goes throughout the line of scrimmage, out to the tight ends. But everyone needs to be on the same page uh, to have success. And uh, we certainly, being the motor, need to add the energy to the practice and to the games. And we need to be the guys uh, hustling downfield, grabbing our running backs, taking them out of enemy territory, bring them back to our huddle and uh, get ready for the next play. But, uh, you know, offensive line, it's very unique. Uh, you know, over the years, uh, I've created our own offensive line stats. You know, when you coach defensive line like I did in this conference, uh, the stats are easy to come by, right? Everybody tracks uh, defensive players. Offensive line, the only thing they're they're credited for are giving up hurries and sacks. So uh, I've come up with uh, my own type of statistics for offensive linemen, and uh, we have daily awards. We have daily charts, 
And uh, that kind of adds to the motivation uh, to keep the guys hungry. That's awesome. Share, share some of those stats with me. I got to hear them now. Well, I mean, certainly uh, there's a pancake chart. Got to have uh, a pancake chart. That's awesome. There's definitely a uh, rib chart. And uh, so that's during pass protection. If you're able to help out one of your brothers. Yes. Uh, if you're not blocking a guy, you got to find some work. So we have a rib yep. chart. Yep. Uh, we have a finish chart, which that's a daily award. So you are graded uh, not only assignment, alignment, technique, and finish, but how do you finish? Are you finishing with a shove? Are you getting downfield, like I mentioned earlier, and picking up our ball carriers and bringing them back? And so we have a daily award for that. Uh, we have award every day for the highest grade of those uh, categories I talked about. Uh, so, And we also have some other things that I won't man mention on camera that uh, <laughs> offensive linemen like to do. So uh, we also chart that. Yes, but again, that it brings is a lot of enthusiasm and passion to the position and that is the echo of the whistle chart the echo of the whistle award right who's the last guy to fit i love it i mean those are the kind of things you have to have and that's exactly what i'm talking about the culture if you're if you have offensive linemen that are doing those things and the little guys the little fleet guys see them doing that they know they better pick up their game if the big guys can do it the little guys can do it too oh it's contagious throughout the offense and throughout the defense but again when those big guys are doing these extra things i think the skill guys appreciate it and jump on board with it. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I love seeing those big guys do it. How much fun is it? And I, you know, I'm a little egocentric because I played at Cal and I know what they're like, but how much fun is it coaching the dudes at Cal and how smart the offensive line is at Cal? Well, they're extremely intelligent and they have a cer certainly a high football IQ and uh, they pick up things quickly. You know, uh, technique takes a little more time. That's a lot of motor learning and, and, getting those repetitions in and that type of stuff. But schematically, they've done a great job picking up Coach Musgrave's offense. And, uh, you know, I think uh, they ask those detailed questions that you like to hear as a coach. And it's not necessarily why and, and if this, if that. But, you know, I really try to stress the base fundamentals and the base rules of whether it's run blocking scheme or a pass protection scheme and, and uh you know, our centers have done a great job uh, in my short time here, uh, really adapting and uh, making those calls for the entire offense. So let's talk about that. Uh, Troy Ozzie, who's my left tackle at Cal and all the left tackles that I've played with, right? Always bag on centers because they're always, oh, they got help inside on either side. You know, the tackles are really the athletes. And the tackle, you know, your left tackle's got to be your athlete, right? He's got to go against the best pass rush guy. But how much do you put on the center in terms of making calls? We put a lot on the center. He makes a call every single play. So depending on uh, what, what play and schematics that we're running, you know, he has to declare what the defense is uh, by understanding what the front is by film study and repetition. And, and then he's got to uh, make that call on whatever it is. And so uh, our procedure is to most of the time identify a certain linebacker. And then uh, again, like I've talked about earlier, the, the, it, it needs to communication needs to spread all the way out to the tight ends. And so uh, it's critical that the center uh, makes the right call and whatever that call is, we're going to live with it. And again, we got to be five as one and we got to do our jobs. Yeah. Five is one, right. It's stronger when it's a fist. So that's the way it always works out. Yeah. Talk to me about, and we don't have to get into, you know, specific schematics, but as a quarterback, my job was always to, 
stand back, sort out what's going on downfield, right? I'm looking in space. I'm figuring out what coverage they're running, where the open spaces are, where the green grass is, and knowing where guys are getting into it. Nowadays in college football, you have so many different looks on defense, simulated pressures, right? Two, five looks. Like you have so many different things going on. How do those big guys sort out in pass rush how they're, who they're picking up and how they work that off as a team? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, we see a ton of different defenses in this conference. And I've been in this conference, as you know, for a long time. So I've seen, seen a lot of things uh, evolve in football. And, uh, you know, it comes down to understanding the schematics of a protection. And whether it's five-man, six-man, seven-man, and who is helping you and how they're helping you. And so identification is critical. Uh, and obviously the best way to do that is film study and then re uh, doing repetitions and walkthrough, repetitions and practice, uh, and then, again, watching it on film and really analyzing uh, how we're picking up different uh, defenses, with whether they apply pressure or not. But it comes down to base rules. Guys got to do their job, don't try to do too much, and follow the rules. So if it's a man protection, it's a man protection. If it's a slide protection, it's a slide protection. You're protecting a gap, right? Obviously, there's men in those gaps, right? Like my old coach, Clancy Barone, used to say, in the history of football, a gap has never had a sack, right? right? It's a man. So, again, we have to sort that out. And if it's a combination of both, it could be a man protection with a slide protection. And it's, it could be a protection. We have to understand who the running back would have, who the tight end would have. And, again, all that communication starts at the center and filters throughout the, the line of scrimmage. But it's a lot of fun. That's one of the fun parts of football is, is picking up pressures. And, it, and it's like it, it's become almost like you think about you look at passing schematics, right? As, as a offensive guy, passing schematics, you're running certain routes and certain angles, certain stretches in order to get a guy open to make a defensive back take a position or, or end up in the wrong place. They're doing the same thing on defense now. They're running twists and picks and all kinds of stuff up there. False pressures, trying to engage guys, right? Trying to get three on two rushers where they can get a guy free. There's all kinds of craziness going on up there. We call it dodgeball. And, yeah. and that's, that's what defenses are doing now. And, again, you have to have great fundamental techniques uh, to pick up a lot of the movement. Uh, when you see uh, people getting through the interior offensive line, usually that's a technique issue. We're not staying square. Uh, we have to have great nonverbal communication skills when we're passing off twists. Uh, you mentioned ISO stunts when you have two slanters in a looper. Uh, sometimes it's a double bump. And so uh, that's something we're, we work on every single day. Every single day we work on games and pressures. And it's a big part of uh, the time we spend on it. It's a huge part of college football now. Just remember, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> exactly right. Anybody exactly at home right. didn't get that, you have to watch the movie Dodgeball. It's fantastic. So let's move on from there. Let's talk about the run game a little bit, right? I know Billy comes in. He brings in big run, you know, emphasis on big run. I know offensive linemen, offensive line coaches love that. Let's talk about how the run game is going, how, how the run blocking schemes are going, and how your personnel fit that at Cal. Um, I love our run game. I mean, it is a come off the ball, knock the front back, and uh, we have a lot of different schemes that we use. Uh, we certainly have zone schemes, gap schemes, pin and pull schemes, 
we have a nice variety, a good mix. And so uh, our guys have done a great job of gelling during camp and been able to, to really uh, move step by step in the progression that we want for our run game. And, uh, you know, uh, our guys have done uh, a nice job with their technique. We're improving. We're not there yet. And that's something you need to work on every single day. But, uh, you know, we have, uh, I think, a fairly athletic offensive line. And uh, we're going to be able to do some things that uh, that we want to do. Let's talk about that. You mentioned zone and gap schemes, right? Pin and pull. Stanford game last year, if anybody can remember. Stanford game, the pin and pull was working pretty well on the outside. Let's talk about the difference between zone scheme and gap schemes, just generally speaking, for fans at home so they can understand it better. What's the difference between a zone scheme and a, a gap scheme for the, the everyday man? For the everyday man, a gap scheme is uh, when offensive linemen are going to work to their interior gap, so their gap inside them. And what it creates is double teams. And so the way I teach gap schemes, you're either covered or you're uncovered. And if you're running the ball to the right and you're a right tackle, a right guard, a right tight end, you're going to use inside footwork, meaning you're going to protect your gap first. If you're covered, you're blocking your man on. If you're uncovered, you're working to the next adjacent lineman inside, and we want to push the front. And certainly we can do just gap schemes. We can do gap schemes and pull a guard, which is a power play or a form of a power play. We can use gap schemes and pull uh, tight ends with guards. We could pull, you know, essentially guards and tackles and create additional gaps for the defense to defend. And so by doing gap schemes, you get double teams. You also could pick up any type of penetration or movement, which is uh, would be a benefit for the offensive line. Um, so again, there's a variety of different gap schemes, but if, if people at home can think of these offensive linemen are going to protect their interior gap first, I think that would be a good start. And this, and we're talking about, you mentioned it, power, counter, those kind of runs are gap scheme runs, right? Blocking down, get that double team, point of attack, lead somebody through, get on the next level. And so the gap schemes are really, as you think about it, as an offensive lineman, old school, you know, power running, moving guys off the ball, getting it downhill. And as we talked about with all the pinball or with all the dodgeball going on these days, any kind of movement you get up front, gap schemes are going to help out. Talk about zone schemes and how difficult they are to teach sometimes. Well, we try to keep it simple also with zone schemes. Essentially, we're trying to get two-on-two uh, -two blocking. We're trying to get double teams when we can. Uh, but essentially, everyone's using same side footwork, meaning if the ball is going right, we're all going to use our play side footwork. Uh, we're either covered or uncovered. If you're covered, you're responsible for knocking that man back and taking him over. If you're uncovered, you're coming over to help the same thing. So communication is huge on that. Um, uh, you know, when you talk zone schemes, you know, you have inside zone, you have mid zone, and you have outside zone. And so uh, the offensive line will actually uh, look very similar to the running back. So when you look at zone schemes for running inside zone, our offensive linemen are going to be square. Well, so is our running back. If you you know go to outside zones, we're all going to be on a 45-degree angle, um, which, like all offensive line uh, communication, it's, it's critical that we understand who we're pushing to and, the, and who we're working with. So, you know, the communication from the center working its way out all the way to the tight ends. There's times that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, 
Tight ends be working with tackles. It could be tackles working with guards. It could be guard working with center and so on and so on. So depending on what the front is, we identify what it is. We're covered or uncovered. And then we work the footwork that would uh, uh, take us to where we want to go. And, which is awesome. And people don't, when you think about running backs, you think about guys that read holes, right? They're looking for that hole or, or in gap scheme type runs. They're, they're following a guard. They're reading blocks in front of them. But offensive linemen have to read blocks too, right? It's not just I'm reading one block. If I'm running zone scheme and you've got, you've got a two-on-one on an outside zone scheme, you have to decide who's getting up at that next level. It could be a tight end, could be a tackle, right? Working together. How do they communicate that as they're working together? Is it a feel thing? No, it's definitely a communication thing. So say, for example, uh, a tackle is working with a tight end. Okay, and they make their call with each other, and it's a two-on-two situation. Depending on the alignment of the defense, they're both going to use same-side footwork, and the technique will vary depending on who they're pushing to. So, for example, if they're pushing uh, a defensive end to a Sam linebacker, okay, they have to use the same footwork, the same second step, and as they push the front, we call it push peak. They got to have their eyes up and they have to kind of play off each other. And we make uh, communication calls when we're engaged on who's going to take the defensive end and who's going to come off. And that's how we do it. It's very simple, the, the terms we use. But um, uh, as you can imagine, very simple because you're, yeah. you're in a combat situation. You're in the trenches. You got grown men pushing on each other. But we make a quick call. And that guy would come off to the next level. Yeah, we it, do it sounds simple. It sounds, sounds simple, simple but... but you'd be amazed. And there's all sorts of drills that we do uh, when we're going our combo drill period. Uh, you know, I'll have, uh, you know, one of the managers stand behind the defense. And as the offensive line and tight ends come off on that double team, I'll have flash numbers behind the linebacker to train the guys to keep their eyes up and they got to yell what the, what the number is. So there's a lot of little tools and tricks that I've used over the years that help that situation, but it does come down to great communication, verbal and nonverbal. And for people that have like lifted before, think about being in the midst of a max squat and max bench press at the same time and having to listen for communication in terms of where you're going to go with your next step. It's pretty amazing that these guys can do it. I, you know, as I'm looking downfield as a quarterback, I can always figure that stuff out, but like full strain, full stress, still communicating, getting it done. It's pretty impressive to actually watch it happen. And when it happens, it's poetry in motion. Let's no talk question. about everyone, everyone thinks quarterbacks make the decision like that and they do. Offensive line, it's, it's even faster. Yeah, it has to it's be. It's got to happen age. right now. It's got to happen. Yeah, I can see what's happening. The offensive linemen have to smell what's happening. It's right on top of them. So, it, like, it has to happen right in your lap. It's pretty amazing stuff. And when you watch guys that do it incredibly well, it, it really is fun to watch. Let's talk about the offensive line at Cal. How is the health of the offensive line right now? And talk to me about personnel. Well, right now, uh, we're healthy. We have uh, everyone's participating in practice. Um, we have a couple guys with some bumps and bruises, uh, but uh, in moving forward here, as we just concluded camp, uh, we, we feel like we're very healthy right now in the offensive line. I know we, had, we came into spring with 18 bodies at the time, and I, I had never seen that in my entire life, a Cal offensive line in spring ball with 18 active, healthy bodies. How many guys, I, I know some guys are going to redshirt, but in terms of healthy bodies, how many guys do we have out there right now? We have 15. We have 15, 15. guys that, that are going right now. So three full lines of dudes. That's, that is a lot, some depth, which is not a thing that Cal has been known for in the past. 
Talk to me about personnel-wise. Obviously, we lose Cephal this year. That's a huge loss. A you know, big guy. He was a veteran guy. Um, and he was going to come back as a super senior. Talk to me about some of the guys that are playing for you, what we like, what we're going to see. Well, Val's holding down the right tackle position. He's had an excellent camp. Uh, we talked about those award winners earlier. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's gotten quite a few of those awards, but he's having an outstanding camp. I think he feels natural at right tackle. Uh, he's really improved uh, in his past sets, and uh, he's become a great leader for the group. Uh, we have McCade at right guard, uh, returner, returning starter, uh, very physical player. I think he's had his best camp since he's been at Cal, uh, has done a nice job. At the center position, uh, we have Sindo and we have Brian Driscoll, and they're battling for that position now. And uh, those two uh, are obviously – critical to our offensive line and both guys high football iq great communication skills uh so that's a, a fierce fight for that center position uh at left guard right now we have uh, ben coleman who uh moved over from the defensive line a couple years ago he's really developed uh each semester he had a great spring and uh, i think he's found a home at our left guard position uh which which has been fun and then we have Will Craig at left tackle, and he's a returning starter, uh, great athlete, great pass protector. And so that kind of rounds out the guys uh, right in there. And then you have guys also, uh, you know, backing them up. Uh, Romy can back up both tackles, has done an outstanding job, has had a really good camp. Uh, Everett Johnson has been backing up uh, guard positions. And he's continually developing as an offensive lineman. And uh, we have some young guys, too, that are in the mix. Uh, Bastion Sweeney, who's a true freshman. Uh, he's been playing center and guard. Uh, as you know, we like to train guys to do multiple things, especially uh, in younger, in the, you know, earlier in their career. And uh, so we've had some guys really, really step up. And, uh, again, I really think as a group we've come together in the last week. And uh, we'll continue to, to really come together here as we move into Nevada. And, and a huge part of that, too, coming together, right, is my, my coach in the Arena League, Mike Daly, who's one of my favorite coaches of all time, used to say all the time, you know, winning is the glue that binds a team together. And, and so getting a couple of wins early, I'm not asking you to make any prediction, but how much emotionally does that help a team? Well, I mean, <laughs> it sounds like a coaching cl cliche, but I mean, step by step, day by day, right, uh, especially in the offensive line room. Uh, every day there's a new challenge and every week there's a new challenge on, on whoever the opponent is. But, you know, my philosophy throughout my coaching career has always been we have to get 1% better every day. And certainly if we did that every day, we're going to get better and better and become one of the best in the business. And so I really uh, pound that on my guys just every day getting some type of improvement. Um, I'm a big guy. I'm a big um, advocate of note taking and goal setting each week. And so every day, uh, our guys write down two things they can improve at every practice. And uh, a lot of times I'll have them stand up in front of the, their position group and announce to everyone what they want to improve on. And then we'll talk about those things. But I think uh, getting 1% better every day is a great goal for, for our group. And we'll let the games take care, care of themselves. That is fantastic. And it, it's a couple things that stand out there. One, accountability, right? At football locker room, football meeting rooms, 
you know, it's one of the last places, one of the last vestiges of accountability in our society these days. But on top of that, having guys understand incremental improvement. Once you get to this level, it's all about incremental improvement. How can I get better this little bit right now? And so if they can understand that incremental improvement, it, it makes such a big difference in the way they approach practice. No question. And it gives them goals, right? And you have to have goals if you want to improve, if you want to compete. And it could be somebody that wants to improve on a vertical set, or it could be a guard that wants to improve uh, pulling and a horn pull. It could be a center that needs to improve uh, on choke blocks. Uh, it could be, I mean, a variety of different things. Uh, and there's so many things uh, that players need to improve on. But if you try to improve on a lot of things, it's just not going to happen. So we try to take it step by step, as I said earlier. And I know I'm going to let you get back because I know you're game planning right now. So Nevada coming up, game one, familiar foe for you, obviously. Uh, talk about game planning for Nevada and kind of what that's like for you and, and kind of your expectations for your guys. Well, it's fun to watch because, uh, you know, I was there uh, a year and a half ago. I coached up there for two years before I came to Cal and uh, had a great experience, uh, recruited a lot of their players. Uh, it's the same offensive line that we're going to play against that I coached there two years ago. And uh, it's, you know, a lot of the same defense. Uh, they have an experienced defense, guys that have been there for quite some time. And their depth on defense is experienced. So they are an experienced team. And Coach Norvell has done an outstanding job of building that program into a Mountain West contender uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, so it's going to be a fun game for me. Uh, certainly uh, playing against my son, who's a backup quarterback and, and holder for the field goal team, uh, will be fun. Uh, my nephew is a student coach there. Uh, so that we still have a lot of McClure's on campus up in Reno. And so uh, it's going to be a fun family clash, as they say. That's awesome. It's like family throughout the Pac-12 for all of our coaching staff and, and all the games that we're playing outside the Pac-12. There's, there always seems to be some kind of family tie coming from our coaching staff. I'd love to see it. Angus, I appreciate you taking the time, brother. I know you got a lot going on. Uh, I just love talking offensive line. You're my first, outside of Brian Johnson, who was the offseason stuff, you're my first coach interview because the offensive line is clearly the most important group on the team. I like so, that. I like that. Uh, I wanted to have you on here today. We've been talking about it for a long time. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, I look forward to seeing what the big guys can do this year. All right, Mike, thanks for having me on, and go Bears. Clearly, Will Craig was right. Angus McClure brings the juice. That attitude, that toughness, that intensity, and that focus on accountability, right, and doing the right things, understanding what you need to do as an offensive lineman, all really integral parts to coaching that offensive line. Love talking to the big guys. Remember, offense starts up front. Without no line, you get nowhere on offense. And so Cal, with a lot of depth this year, I expect good things out of the big boys up front. I appreciate you guys watching here today. I love talking offensive football, talking about schematics. So that was really fun. Uh, but I'm I, looking forward to the season coming up. We will still have our Pac-12 South preview coming up. And we're going to go into our full in-depth preview of the Cal football team 2021. As it stands, I'm going to be joined by Todd McKim and Jim McGill for that one. So appreciate you watching here today. Look forward to the season coming up. And as always, go Bears. <laughs>